Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world. It's once again in time for the podcast, the writers, actors, directors, podcast, and all of those jobs in between. I am one of your hosts, Josh, joined as always by the King of Duff, Brandon. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday night. If everyone had a uh, hope, everyone had a great week. A happy Valentine's Day, uh, Monday. If you're single, then look at it this way: you saved a lot of money. Yeah, that's me saving money yeah. left and right because that's what makes me happy. Money, not the affection of another human being. <laughs> hey, you know what? I got nothing. I really don't. But you have my affection. You always have. You always have my affection. And if I lived there, I'd give you more affection than you really know what to do with, and probably most likely much more than you really would want. So don't touch me there, Brandon. Stop it. Listen, Not I touch public, what I touch. Brandon. I touch what I touch when I touch where I touch, and you know, yeah, it's always out of love, though. And it's yeah. only with men. See, I don't deal with women because it's not right. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that could be problematic. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, it's uh, been a uh, hell of a week. Um, just this past week, and um, I actually ended up repeating the same feels that I had back in 2014. I had another one of my idols in entertainment. Uh, unexpectedly, I, I'm pretty sure it was unexpected. I didn't hear anything about any declining health. But um, Ivan Reitman, one of my idols as a director and producer, um, unexpectedly passed away. Uh, when I say unexpectedly, the family may have known something more than was made public. But I sure as hell knew nothing about it. So, Ivan... Cheers. It sucks. I actually teared up a little bit when I heard about it. So. That's exactly why tonight's episode, episode number 78 of the podcast, is dedicated to Ivan Reitman. Why? Yep. Because, one, there uh, are very few people in the entertainment industry that can really lay claim to as much influence over us personally 
uh, as he did considering the his filmography, not only as director, but, but producer. And, well, I, I think everybody that's watching knows how much, you know, that guy is, uh, to put it lightly, an absolute Ghostbusters junkie. So... <clears throat> Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like he was—he is the uh, technically Dan Aykroyd would be the uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis are the uh, fathers of Ghostbusters, but the man who honestly made it all happen has been Ivan Reitman. Uh, like he's the one that really like you know he went gung ho with it, and um, but he, and it's not just Ghostbusters; he's done a lot of movies that are extremely prolific, uh, and it's like and. and one they're instant classics i mean they are just like if you have not seen some of these movies you have meatballs you have caddyshack i mean stripes you go forward you have things like uh twins i mean uh, junior the this man has directed some of the most famous comedies animal house of all things animal house he's directed all these movies uh that if you have not seen these movies then you're just simply not living a full life uh, in my mind, uh, these are just instant classics. Of course, a lot of these would not be made today the way they're made back then, but it is one of those deals where they're just recognizable, like to most people, instantly. So, really, is a shame that he passed away. Like it was really, really. What is know. the first uh, movie of his that you re recall ever seeing? Um. Ghostbusters actually was the very first movie a movie of his, um, but I was a kid. I didn't like those. Ghostbusters is one of those movies. A lot of his movies actually are entertaining, but it's not till you really watch them after you've hit a certain age of like I guess you start recognizing things outside of just cartoonish humor mm -hmm. that you can really understand. It's like watching Shrek. You watch a movie like Shrek as a kid, it's hysterical. It's funny. It's cute. Whatever. You watch as an adult, you realize, wow, <laughs> like there's a lot of subtle undertones in this movie that make it even better. Um, oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. I I watched it when I was a kid. I was a really big, real Ghostbusters junkie. Love Ghostbusters too. Um, when I was a kid, I, loved, I actually liked Ghostbusters too more than Ghostbusters when I was a kid. But um, as I got older, I. Um, I don't think I watched Ghostbusters from the time I was around like 11 years old to the time I was like maybe like 18, 19 years old. Um, I watched it. I was just blown away by all the humor that I missed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Just it, It's just like a lot of like, uh, what was it, Dana Barrett, when Peter Bakeman's inspecting her apartment and he opens up the bedroom door and, you know, Dana Barrett says, well, that's the bedroom, but nothing ever happened in there. And he turns around and says, what a crime. <laughs> I mean... As like a young adult, when I saw, it, I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like that Leo DiCaprio meme, like the whole "Ooh," <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, after that, Stripes. Um, I watched Stripes, and then a friend of mine, when I was a kid, uh, this guy uh, Randall Deaton, that I was friends with. I used to go to his house. His mom, um, Betty, uh, she would kind of turn a blind eye to some of the stuff that he and I would watch. Uh, so I watched. Um, meatballs for the first time uh when i was like guess like oh what 10 not exactly a movie for a 10 year old to watch um 
then Stripes, and uh, then Animal House. Just, but um, yeah. And I say Animal House. Actually, Animal House. I don't think he. I don't think he even had anything to do with Animal House. I think that was. Um, I think he was a producer. I don't think he was a. Uh, I don't think he directed it. No, he was um, a producer of Animal yeah. House. Yeah, he produced Animal House. He uh, didn't direct it. Um, Cannibal Girls I saw when I was in uh, college for the first time. But uh, then also there's Kindergarten Cop. That was a big thing when I was a kid, back when like drive-in theaters in Florida were like all over the place. So, living in Ocala, that's what we had, the drive-in theater. What's that? I uh, just did a rewatch of Kindergarten Cop for the millionth time a couple weeks ago. And you know what? I'm going to say it holds up. Oh, yeah. Holds up beautifully. All the way through. Yep. In instantly, you know, it's one of those movies once you start quoting and you either know or you don't. Oh, yeah. Or you're going to get some weird looks or you're <laughs> going to get people going, yes. Like, um, it's uh, not a tumor. <laughs> let's play a game. It's called Who is Your Daddy and What Does He Do? Yeah. <laughs> what was what was that one kid? Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> our mom says our dad is a real sex machine. Oh man! Wow, you can get kids to say anything as long as it's in front of a camera. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, he's he's going to be missed. It, it was um, definitely a very very sad moment when it, when I heard he passed away. It was like the same reaction I had when I heard um, Harold Ramis passed away back in 2014. I actually I teared up a little bit. Like I, you know, I teared up as if I even knew the guy from Adam. Yeah. So it was one of those deals. Like just you know. But um, what about you? First film. When did you watch it? Oh gosh, uh, I mean, if you if we're gonna talk like all technic technicalities, it it would, um, hmm, because I was in one of those HBO households, you know, when I was younger. I have faint recollections of Stripes. Okay. I don't think I've actually seen it, you know, to, ever since I could, you know, put together actual coherent memories, mind you. But I do remember Bill Murray when I was like really, really young, like way too young to know who Bill Murray is. I'm talking yeah. about four years old. That was my, I guess, indirect exposure. And if you want to talk movies that I actually remember watching, you know, and, and getting plot and, and things like that, it, it might have to be, you know, what I'm going to, I'm going to have to say it's Ghostbusters as well, because every, every kid in the eighties knew Go Ghostbusters. The song was instantly recognizable to, all of us, 
Plus, the real Ghostbusters, like you said, it was definitely a kid kids thing of the eight. And you know, you know that's the weird thing about the eighties. Not to go off on too much of a tangent here, they could take the most crazy weird things, and suddenly there'd be a kids' version of it, like RoboCop. You remember Ro- RoboCop? It's a hard R movie, right? A lot of a lot of sex and blood and you know drugs and then a few weeks later robocop the saturday morning cartoon like, yeah but you know what that was the 80s though because we had a lot of that kind of stuff we had robocop that turned into a saturday morning cartoon rambo turned into a saturday morning cartoon kids if you don't believe toys. that yeah yeah kids if you don't believe that there's a rambo cartoon You'd be surprised at the stuff that they made into cartoons. Everything. They uh, made everything yeah. into cartoons and toys for kids. With cartoons. Because, <laughs> like, real Ghostbusters, I had that whole... Um, I, if I remember right, uh, Columbia had a big thing about the... Uh, oh, God, what was it called? Um, Filmation. That's right. Filmation's uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, the Ghostbusters. Um, and they had to get the licensing just for the title Ghostbusters. So then when um, the first Ghostbusters movie came out, Filmation came out with their animated series Ghostbusters to, I guess, ride the coattails of the success of the cartoon. And then that's when, I guess, uh, Columbia came out with the idea of like, oh, well, you know what? The real Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, because uh, they still, they still, they still had the licensing for the, uh, for the uh, series. Yeah, which which pretty much effectively completely destroyed uh, the originals uh, the original Ghostbusters that Ivan Reitman's film paid to get the uh, title from. So, but uh, and uh, you know, and he he didn't also just he also acted in a few different things. Um, he wasn't credited with them, but he uh, in Ghostbusters one he played the voice of Zool. As well as um, Slimer, like that deep, gruffy voice, like when he shout, like one of the roaring that Slimer's doing when he's like speeding down the hallway towards Peter Bankman. That was uh, Ivan Reitman. You know, Zool, and there is no Dana, only Zool. That was Ivan Reitman. Uh, he also voiced um, Slimer in the second movie, I believe. Uh, but then he was also, uh, he also made some personal appearances. He was, uh, let's see, uh, let me look this up real quick. He was actually in the Ghostbusters. One or two. Let's see. Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Man walking outside firehouse. And yeah. in no strings attached. A film I have not I have not seen this yet because that just didn't really seem interesting to me, despite it being Ivan Reitman. I've never seen No Strings Attached, but he was a secret hide director. I don't know what the hell that is. But yeah, I I don't think that's been on my watch list either even though much like you i absolutely adore this man's work yeah like i mean yeah, and ladies and gentlemen you can adore someone and never see their shit like i mean oh, oh i love you, you I have love such a guys, long career director. oh have you seen this no i haven't <laughs> i mean he produced baywatch when i was a kid i saw baywatch um, let's see. I didn't. <laughs> oh man, oh yeah, I, I could tell you everything about Baywatch when I was younger. I, I can't now because I don't remember it. It really did not have much of a story to it. 
What I can tell you that I remember is, especially living in Los Angeles County, mm-hmm. Santa Monica is a place I love to go to. Santa Monica and Venice Beach is two of my favorite spots in all of LA County. They're cesspools, but they're, I like the restaurants and everything else. But um, I can tell you, Baywatch being something that takes place in Southern California, in LA County, when they're jumping off the uh, pier to go save a life, and they're swimming through the ocean and the water's crystal clear. Enough for Pamela Anderson and Yasmin Bleeth to keep their eyes open and see everything within like a one mile radius of water. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a myth. I have gone in the ocean out here once. And I opened my eyes to test Baywatch. Don't do that. You can't see a damn thing. Um, make it look like it, like you're swimming in Hawaii or something like that, or in like off the coast of Australia where it's all clear water. Um, I will say, I'm sad to say this, that he is also a producer for Space Jam, A New Legacy. That was actually pretty rough to uh, find out. I, I'm going to reiterate a comment, uh, an argument that I made when Space Jam, A New Legacy, came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and this, this ruffled a few feathers. So, in my opinion, this movie is exactly the same amount of good as the original. The exact same. Are you saying the original was not good? It definitely was not. But for kids like us at the time, it was exquisite. Just like for kids with this new one, it's exquisite. Josh? Yeah. I have never once in my life thought about us uh, in the time that, in the years that we've known each other. I have never played with the idea of smacking the shit out of you. But I respect okay. the fact that we are all allowed, uh, that we are all allowed our opinions. Mm-hmm. Some might be yours, and others might be correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, I, I, no. I just don't understand the argument of, you know, LeBron James isn't as good as Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan was awful. Yeah, but it was all about it's like the story. I think in the original actually was, to me, the story was better. Uh, oh, it, it was, was uh, fresh. It was new. We, we hadn't seen it before. And they're literally saying, how can we do this again? So I'd say it's less a victim of the quality of the filmmaking and more of a victim of it just being a very one-for-one sequel. Uh, yeah, it, it's it was one of those deals where it's just like it was... It was like watching X-Men 3 and then watching X-Men, um, oh, God, um, Dark Phoenix. Mm. Very minor differences, but pretty much the exact same story. Uh, that's pretty much what it came off as to me. It was like it's one of those deals where, A, it wasn't needed. But, you know, movies are not needed, period. Everyone, everyone says that it's not needed. I need to stop saying that because 
no movie is needed. It's all for entertainment. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those deals where you have to ask yourself why. And I know why, because it, it came out in a time that we still currently live in where old properties are being revisited for whatever reason, like decades Money. down the line. It's like, oh, well, didn't you miss Bill and Ted? Here's a new Love Bill it. and Ted movie. Um, huh? So I loved it. No, I liked the new Bill and Ted movie. Um, I thought it was funny because I, it actually, it did a lot for the, uh, like, to, I guess, honor the original. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Matrix uh, Resurrections, like, you know, like the last Matrix movie, I was working in a movie theater at the age of 18, 19 years old when the last one wrapped up. Um, but it's like, you know, Space Jam came out in the 1990s. Let's have another Space Jam movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like it's one of those deals where it's just like these old properties are constantly being revisited now. And so I see why they made Space Jam because, hey, well, why not? These other movies are doing so great. Oh, well, And even uh, Don Cheadle, like even he could not save that movie. I will say I thought it was hysterical all the hype and anger people had over Pepe Le Pew not being in it. Yet yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Uh, the second Space Jam movie had enough cartoons in it. There, there were definitely they were not lacking for cartoons. Yeah. They had Yakko, Wacko, and Dot in the background for Christ's sakes. See, my thing is like you're getting mad over Pepe Le Pew. Where the hell's the damn Dodo Bird? Where are Buster and Babs Bunny? I'm saying right. Like Pepe Le Pew was never that big of a deal to me. Where the hell are the Tiny Tunes? But it's like, and then you have, uh, what was it? Rescue Rangers is a new movie that's coming. And this has nothing to do with Ivan Reitman. But it's just like an example of the time that we live in now where things are being revisited. Mm-hmm. Rescue Rangers is now having a cartoon that's being made. Um, uh, I'm sorry, a feature-length movie based on the cartoon. Um, Chip is going to be just, I guess, like looking like hand-drawn animation. And Dale is now uh, CGI. I don't know if you've seen that trailer or not yet, but um, I, I didn't see the trailer. I saw a still image, and I'm like, "What? what what's going on here? What's with the two different animation styles?" He had a uh, he had a computer gener. It's pretty much like making fun of like the equivalence of having a facelift mm-hmm. or plastic surgery. That's pretty much what the equivalent is. So I don't think the kids will really catch on to it, but as an adult, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I get it." <laughs> My innocence has been gone long, like since that series has come to an end. So, but um, but yeah, but it's like he's done he's done a lot of great things um as far as directing goes, um. But yeah, like you have these movies like instant, like I said, instant classics, man. Yeah, like who the hell has not seen Ghostbusters? Who the hell has not seen Ghostbusters two? Kindergarten Cop, Twins, Twins is a classic right there. I, I mean, it's like the first time I watched Twins was this year. Really? Yeah. I'm shocked. I'm actually surprised by that one. And Junior. Junior, I was never really big in, but I was like, I saw it, but I was like, oh, that's all right. You know, the thing that surprised me about Junior was much like Don Cheadle in Space Jam, A New Legacy, 
it had a lot more heart in it than I expected. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of his movies actually tended to have that, though. Well, I mean, especially considering the era, right? Yeah. You, you wouldn't expect uh, what, um, well, I guess it's 94, but still, you know, it's close enough to the 80s for you to go, a man becoming pregnant? Oh, they're going to handle this with a lot of sensitivity. And <laughs> they <wow>. didn't <laughs> at all. <laughs> but it's like, they, but it's still, it was a good film. But then it's like, and he, he doesn't just like one thing about his uh, movies is that they evolved. The humor evolved, but it stayed the same somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you go, you go see something like uh, Ghostbusters and then you uh, fast forward a decade and a half later and you have that movie um, evolution with David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, um, Sean William Scott and Julianne, Julianne Moore. Yeah. Um, and it evolved because the humor evolved in it, but it's mm-hmm. still hysterical. I mean, it's just like it it's kind of more, I guess you can see where he grew as far as his directing goes, but it was still just absolutely hysterical. Um, and you know, I, I really, my heart bleeds for Jason Reitman because those two, he, Jason Reitman is like the OG, the original uh, Ghostbusters fan. This this is a kid that grew up on that set. And for those of you that are not aware of, um, just like some, some small trivia, if you have seen Ghostbusters 2, if you remember the scene where um, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson playing uh, Ray Stance and Winston Zedmore, that's how much of a fan I am of the series. I know all the characters' first and last names. Um, Oh, uh, dude, I can go down the whole list. I, I I won 50 bucks from somebody one time. Peter Venkman, Egon Spangler, Ray Stance, uh, Winston Zedemore, Janine Melnitz, Dana Barrett, Louis, uh, Louis Tilly, like, I mean, or Tully. Um, like, the whole, uh, you know, Vigo the Carpathian. Like, I mean, Gozer the Gozerian. It's just like, uh, Bob what was the it? Builder. <laughs> Bob the Builder. <laughs> but, um, but no, so there's a scene in the beginning of Ghostbusters 2 where uh, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson are, the Ghostbusters are defunct, and these two are just appearing as the Ghostbusters for birthday parties. And everyone's upset because they thought they were going to be He-Man. They're playing the Ghostbusters theme, and they're dancing, and this one kid comes up to um, Dan Aykroyd and says, I heard you guys went out of business because you're full of crap. That kid was Jason Reitman that went on to direct the newest Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So that is how in tune that uh, series is with the name Reitman, because that is very much his like his franchise, his legacy. Next to Harold Ramis I, and Bill Murray, I think without you know those four guys, every single this thing, every single person in one of his films, decades down, you cannot see anyone else playing those characters. Yeah. So yeah. looking at this here, you you make a very very excellent point, especially the stuff from the 80s and uh, 90s. But you know what? When you say something like that, it comes off to me as a challenge. So What do you mean? Let's see. You're familiar with Kindergarten Cop, yeah? Yes. 
Now I want you to recast it for today. No. We're remaking Kindergarten Cop. Why? For money. Uh, <laughs> I think the, uh, the answer is obvious. <laughs> for money. <laughs> All right. Let me, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny thing about um, older Arnold movies whenever he's playing a oh. cop, right? Because when I started encountering police, I, I just thought to myself, wait a second. None of these guys are Austrian. Movies have been lying to me. Well, I mean, it's like, listen, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he has played a cop in multiple films. Um, yeah. He's played a firefighter in a couple films. And I don't know what it is, but it's just like, for some reason, he's always this badass, like American police officer, American firefighter or whatever. Like, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. You kind of got to give pass because it's, you know, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but okay. So let's go down this. All right. So with, then, uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do want to make a very important, you know, uh, correction right now. Mm-hmm. Brandon, I uh, I don't believe you're allowed to say it like that. I think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. My oh, Jesus! What? All right, so so we're going through this whole thing, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, so with uh, Detective Kimball, now are we keeping? Actors and actresses that have like the same build. Let's see. I mean, I think it's more about the character than okay. Than the so, Detective Kimball, I would say John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Hmm. Jim from The Office. I know who John Krasinski is. I'm just thinking, guys, it's. Not a tumor. Yeah, then he looks at the camera. He's like, it's not a tumor, guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I think no, but it's like, I think the point like, is with, with this, it's supposed to be someone you don't actually imagine being a kindergarten teacher. Okay, The Rock. We'll go with Dwayne Johnson. Low-hanging fruit, but... I mean, I think that's the obvious answer, right? Yep. And then for Chris, we get Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart? Yeah. Chris was like the um, the criminal father. Yeah, you know. Um, oh, you finally got, got me, Kimball. Mother, don't or we, say Or that. we just like change the gender and make Kevin Hart like uh, Phoebe, but give him like uh, Philip. Or we can go the overboard route and just swap genders completely all together. I have like uh, Gina Carano as the kindergarten cop. Sure. That that is the name, right? I don't. I'm not both. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the uh, like uh, Angel from Deadpool and um, what's your face from uh, the Mandalorian, right? Oh, 
that could be problematic. Um, <laughs> Why? Uh, you know, stuff and reasons. Well, we're just trying. To, we're just trying to figure out like a rough casting. I don't really give a shit about the political aspects of things. I never do. And I'm trying to be realistic. But you know, I say yeah, the rock, the rock is fine for it. And see, like I, I'm personally, Kate I'm doing Tina Carano because, like, and this is an unpopular opinion. My thing is, is whatever you do however you vote whatever i don't give a shit like about like what if you're not a racist piece of shit i'm good with you like i am so far like removed from politics because of similarities uh on both sides there but what i will say is like i think that gina carano uh if you remove all the controversy that was i don't know i don't know how to describe it but if you remove all that controversy i think she'd actually make a really good uh kimball if we were going to recast kindergarten cop and um, that's two swear words. Yes. Swear words, but I haven't said the F word yet. I'm allowed. <laughs> I get one F bomb. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Hold on. Let's, let's back this up. I want to see a movie with Dwayne Johnson and Kate McKinnon. Huh? Can Kate McKinnon do something other than be Kate McKinnon? Like maybe like maybe she can like act this time. She's funny. She's funny. What I have no idea what you're talking about. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. You said can we get something with The Rock and Kate McKinnon in it? I said can Kate McKinnon act this time because she's always Kate McKinnon. No, that is absolutely untrue, and it's insulting that you would say something like that. Show me one thing where she's been anything other than like this weird, like spaced out comedian when she's acting. Uh, everything on Saturday Night Live. She's the only one that plays characters. Okay. What, give me one thing where she's actually been like kind of had like a more dramatic kind of thing. Um, once again, I would point you to SNL. When has she ever done anything dramatic on it? I'd have to look at that one. I, I don't believe it. I don't watch SNL just because I honestly, I'm usually getting ready to go to work when it's on. And when I'm off, usually around the time I'm ready to go to bed. Um, but Tina Fey, oh, let's see Tina Fey in something because I think she is hysterical and she can play very serious characters. I think there are some comedians that can play very, very serious roles. Adam Sandler is one of them. He can, he's an amazing dramatic um, actor. Jim Carrey's an amazing dramatic actor. Tina Fey's an amazing dramatic actress. Even Melissa McCarthy. One person I personally cannot stand on a cellular level is an amazing dramatic actress. Um, Kate McKinnon, all I ever see of Kate McKinnon is just her being Kate McKinnon. It's like, why? It's like, it's like the funny version of Kirsten Dunst that knows that they are being funny versus Kirsten Dunst who thinks she's being, you know, serious. Have you seen Bombshell? Bombshell. I have not. What is Bombshell? Really? It was then. Um... And Amber is booing me. <laughs> it was the 2019 Academy Award nominated movie with uh, Charlize Theron, Margot uh, Robbie, Nicole Kidman about um, 
what's her face? Um, well, the premise. Oh was- no, I have I have not seen that one, but I actually meant to see it. I never got around to it. But I pull a bomb to take on up. Fox News head Roger Ailes and the toxic atmosphere he presided over at the network. Yeah, okay. And by yeah, the way, like... the boo was for me, so don't get stuck up on yourself, Brandon. Mm. Then thank you. I just I just saw it. I was gonna say this like, am I getting booed for like you know not liking Kate McKinnon? <laughs> well, not I'm not liking her, but like not having faith in the dramatic aspect of things. I have to watch Bomb Show. I went to a Google bombshell and I'm getting like women's thigh highs, women's sexy back leggings, women's very sexy bombshell uh, bra. Like, I mean, I'm looking for a damn movie. And then the movie comes up next to it. It's on Hulu. Uh, so I can probably watch. Let me see if this is actually something I can watch right now or tonight. Because... <laughs> right now. Okay. We're going to pause. Uh, in fact, we're not even going to pause the show. We're just going to keep the cameras rolling, keep the mics hot, and we're going to watch bombshell for the next two hours. Yes, but you guys cannot listen to it because then we are breaking some laws. Right. So, so what I'll do is I'll put, I'll put mute on the TV. I'll put mute on the TV and I'll put captions on. So I'll, I'll just watch way... it on the screen. I got headphones. <laughs> watch. I'm going to put this on and they'll see everything in my glasses. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'd actually I meant to I meant to watch this because I remember seeing the trailers. And it looked interesting, not because of Kit McKinnon, but because it looked, you know, really good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, worth checking out. So do that and then get back to me about the Kate McKinnon stuff. Let's see. Pam and Tommy, I've heard enough about that show. Yeah, I thought it was a movie at first. And someone's like, no, it's a TV show. And I'm like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh man. But well, I was Robin thinking of um you know, I can go with Tina Fey for for the casting as uh Detective Phoebe O'Hara. Yeah. Okay. So, I named uh, two people. Who who do you have? For those two people, for the same parts. Yep. yep. So, um, hmm. Oh, I'm being uh, told the rock is overplayed. So, who else can we get as an unlikely kindergarten teacher? Hmm. Yeah, that's. It's an interesting, interesting proposition because. Like you said, the natural inclination. Well, like I said, the natural natural inclination is to go to another big muscly guy, right? Yeah. And and it it should be again somebody that you wouldn't you know naturally take in that direction, but also, huh? Who is around these days that could do something like you know what? I'm going to go with Jason Momoa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's on the the hunt for a dangerous bad guy and well, in in kindergarten copies, you know, they're looking for dude's ex-wife. So, let's see. And I'm I'm going to keep my 
my thought of playing his partner. Kate, Kate McKinnon, I'll take that one. You, you, you can have Tina Fey, but then and I'll, I'll have Kate McKinnon. So Jason Momoa, Kate McKinnon in the remake everybody's been asking for that nobody asked for. Kindergarten Cop. Let's see. Uh, it sounds Amber's terrible. Well, especially when compared to the older one. Amber says Tom Holland, Melissa McCarthy, and Bruce Willis as Crisp. I could see Bruce Willis doing that. I'm sure you could too if you thought about it. But you know what's funny? All of this is done in a really, really roundabout way of saying you were absolutely right. Because once you think about the movies that, you know, Ivan Reitman directed and and in some some cases produced, you can't really do it justice trying to find somebody else to do it. Everybody is, it's like they're iconically cast. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Detective Richard Kimball. It's John Kimball. Richard Kimball was the fugitive. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is Detective John Kimball. Nobody else in the movie really, you know. You know what? I'm not going to say that. That would be incredibly rude because... Even though you have a hard time naming everybody else in the movie, the fact of the matter is, I still can't see really anybody else doing it. Well, yeah, it's like it's one of those deals. And you know what? I actually I got some shit from people um, in a Facebook group. You know, my anyone that has listened to this show or anyone that knows me personally knows my thoughts on remakes. Can't stand them. Um, they're so very rarely done in a way that actually does justice for the originals. Um, mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for a lot of sequels. A lot of sequels are, they just, they pale in comparison. Very few sequels have actually gone above and beyond compared to the other movie um, or actually did something different from the other movie. Like, I mean, yeah, Terminator two to me is always going to be infinitely better than Terminator. Mm-hmm. I like Terminator. Um, but Terminator 2 was just, it had so much more at stake. Um, they really raised the ante. They did it in the right, what the right kind of way with much, like amazing special effects. Anything that was wrong in the first Terminator, they fixed in Terminator 2. Aliens to Alien. Not because it was a better suspense movie or horror film or sci-fi movie. It's because it was completely different from Alien. It was more like a sci-fi action horror than it was just a sci-fi horror. Um, Ghostbusters 2, I don't think is better than Ghostbusters 1. I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is better than Ghostbusters 2. But I caught shit by people when I said that I hope they stop at Ghostbusters Afterlife. No more Ghostbusters movies. It was the perfect send-off to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard like uh, an interview of uh, 
Jason Ratman saying, oh, well, yeah, I spoke to Diablo Cody to see if maybe she could take the reins for the next Ghostbusters movie. I'm like, oh, God, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Juno, it was good. United States of Terra, it was a pretty good series. Megan's Body. That's still a winning uh, batting average right there. Yeah, but... And then it's just... I don't know. It's one of those deals where a dabbler cut it. Like, there are people I cannot imagine taking the reins of a classic franchise, and she's one of them. And I remember I read somewhere where M. Night Shyamalan came up as a potential oh. idea. I'm like, oh, God, don't, 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 don't. I don't, I'm not one of those people that says you're ruining my childhood because my childhood was awesome. I loved my childhood. I didn't have everything. I was, my mom worked as hard as she could, but we were still very, very, for the most part, poor uh, family. But um, I will say this flat out that despite what we did not have, I never knew we weren't without. I had a great childhood. My mom, here's my one per episode. My mom fucking killed it as a mom. She did a great job. Um, but if they get Diablo Cody, I will then understand the episode of South Park. Or I'm sorry, not not Diablo Cody. Mainly M Night Shyamalan. If they would ever have him even touch it, I would then understand the episode of South Park where the boys went to go see Indiana Jones Four, and had PTSD from. George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg raping Indiana Jones. And the very visual graphic imaginations that they're telling of Indiana Jones quite literally getting raped. <laughs> Deliverance style. Oh, God. I'm going to have that like stuck in my head with M. Night Shyamalan doing that to, um, you know, Pierre Vakeman. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if there's another Ghostbusters movie, there's a pretty good chance that it's not going to include anybody from the original. But um, it should be all about the kids, I imagine. Well, it's like, I think it would probably have a lot to do with Ernie Hudson. Not so much like the kids, but definitely like a new group of Ghostbusters. Uh, but if it were to happen, you have um, Finn Wolford. I think that's his name, right? I think so. Um, you have him. He was, I think, like 17 in the movie uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. That took place in 2021. I think it took place in 2021. Um, you have him, so he'd be 18 years old. So I could see him become like a Ghostbusters um, apprentice. Mm -hmm. Like but, the actual but, training. From, you know, some of the guys. Yeah, like, like there's there's things I could see, like it'd be awesome, but. You know. Like what whatever happens with Ghostbusters, I think you should know that it, it has no effect on the original movies that you know and love. Like if for for some reason. You know, Bob Gale and, and Robert Zemeckis and even Steven Spielberg suddenly, you know, 
got massive head trauma together and we're like, now we're going to make Back to the Future Part 4. Whatever happens with that, you know, there's still the perfect trilogy. Yeah. Just like uh, those those Lord of the Rings fans. <sighs> they're like, yes, Lord of the Rings, awesome. The Hobbit How do they even exist? Exist is I'm sorry, Lord of the Rings is horrible. Well, that's sorry. just objectively wrong. It's but it's subjectively right. No, no. It's the difference between objective and subjective because uh, you're putting a a quality uh, number on uh, something that was objectively done well. Yeah, but subjectively, we're going off the word subjectively. In mm -hmm. my humble opinion, Peter Jackson's a long-witted director that can suck balls. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't I mean the movie was bad. Huh? It, said, it doesn't mean the movie was bad. It just means you didn't like it. Uh, it wasn't great. You know, buddy? Don't you get mad over my take on Lord of the Rings, because I apologize for my take on Back to the Future. That no, was I just a care less about Lord of the Rings. I just, you know, oh, good. making it very clear the difference between objective and subjective. Like, In the words of Randall Graves, there's only one return in an end of the ring. It's of the Jedi. Oh, I'm sorry, of the King. It's of the Jedi. It's three movies about people walking to a damn volcano. That's all it is. Right. But once again, we cannot knock it from a uh, logistical objective standpoint. Sure as hell can. No. No, yeah. it's it's practically flawless in every department. It's boring. To you and it's to like me. Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog is an amazing, beautiful, well directed, mostly well acted, except for Kirsten Dunst. Um, beautifully shot and well written movie of nothing. Mm-hmm. That's that's one movie. Lord of the Rings has three. The Fellowship. Oh, they start walking. They get separated at the end. And, of course, Sean Bean, he dies. Like, he always dies. Um, you know, spoiler alert. Um, it's, you know, going back to 2001 there. Um, and then you have the second movie. They're walking. Pippin and what's-his-face, they run into a forest, they find a tree, uh, they climb the tree to protect themselves from an orc, the tree starts walking. I'm not saying it wasn't done well. That's exactly what you're saying. No, I'm not saying it wasn't done well. It's a mm -hmm. beautifully shot film. It's a beautifully acted film. It's a beautifully and long-windedly written film. It's a series about nothing but walking. And I'm sorry, one scene flying on the back of an eagle. It's all walking. It's a long, it's a movie about a long hike. 
And? To get rid of a piece of jewelry. I'm pretty sure there's some ladies out there that have been through worse to get rid of some jewelry. If you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I could take that in like five different directions. But we Liv Tyler, is right Liv now. Tyler, no matter what Liv Tyler is in, I think Liv Tyler is a very bland actress. I'm sorry. I think she's gorgeous. I think she's talented. I just want to see her use the talent more. more. Oh, I will say, okay, you know, Lord of the Rings, she kind of did, like, you know, she did actually more acting in Lord of the Rings than I've ever seen her act in anything. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. I really have to... Oh, no, 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 she is hot. She's absolutely gorgeous. But um, you can be gorgeous and have, like, an iota of talent. <laughs> I mean, the Kardashians are... Even before their all, all their surgeries, the Kardashians actually were very beautiful uh, women. Nah. I, outside of taking some uh, articles of clothing off and making a very tasteful sex tape with Ray J, <clears throat> I honestly, I, I can't think of any talent there. Um. I'd hump her leg. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I would too, but it's, it's more socially acceptable for you, Amber, to hump her leg than it is for, you know, me. I mean, guys get excited over, most times guys just to get excited over a woman hanging out with him and occasionally letting him put his head in her crotch. So, but this is turning into a whole different show right now. Girl doesn't get a contract. Guy doesn't get a straining order. <laughs> it's all oh, wrong man. by the way no one should just randomly go up and hump someone's legs just for clarification you know um you know i'm trying to do the the responsible thing here as a host to to let you know boys and girls we, we we're not we're not telling you to go out there and and home people's legs. It's 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 just not what we're what we're calling for here. You sound like Walter Cronkite. And that's the news. Then you said I don't do voices. And that's the way it was. <laughs> oh man. No, but it's like it's it's one of those deals. Um you're doing it wrong if you end up with a restraining order. All right, we are we are we are straying so far from the topic of honoring Ivan Reedman right now. But we're staying um, true to ourselves as the Wadcast. <laughs> which is what Ivan would have wanted. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's like, <clears throat> going back to everything, there is one movie that he also, uh, well, you know what, we can actually, we can segue this into another Ivan Reitman poem, since we're getting all kinds of like sexual here and um, all kinds of NC-17 stuff. There's a movie he produced back in the 1980s. I sure as hell saw it. Heavy Metal. Um, yeah. That movie, if ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen Heavy Metal, um, it was it was like 1980 or 1981. Let me look at this filmography. I'm pretty sure it's 80 or 81. Um, 81. 81. Yeah. <clears throat> 1981. First off, whoever made this movie 
had to have been like high as hell. There, they must have been some damn good drugs. No, Amber, you don't have to behave. You're good. You know, but it's funny because like on the Facebook Live, right underneath of all of Amber's comments, I see community standards. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, we 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 break all those. But um, heavy metal, it's like it's gory, it's graphic, it's got tons of sex and nudity and everything else. And I'm not just talking about topless cartoons, full frontal nudity of female cartoons. I mean, it is the ultimate dude cartoon. Hmm. Uh, excessive drug use, like that elephant thing that had like the uh, the trunk that's like snorting up all the space dust on the floor of the ship and everything. It's like it's this weird ass cartoon. It sounds but, like the eighties. Well, you know, the 80s, cocaine was largely a white person drug, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, let's see. But you go into like other movies that he's done. I mean, Father's Day with, um, you know, and that's the other thing. He's worked with some, he's a prolific director that's worked with some uh, very prolific actors like, Harold Ramis and Robin Williams. And it, being good friends with both of them. Like, I mean, could you imagine being friends with those legends? Um, just absolute legends. Um, he's gone on to do so many films. Um, just, and then like, even the movie Beethoven, for Christ's sake. I mean, Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Not my cup of tea, but, you know, it was it was definitely something that I, I was made to watch a few times. Made um, to watch a few times. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You were what? Hold on. Let's see. Um, looking at the uh, years here, we will say. Why don't I have this on my list? But Beethoven? Don't say that proves anything. Are you talking about Beethoven? Yeah. Beethoven came out in 1992. I was 11 years old. So yeah, no, 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 no. I was nine. I was Yeah, <laughs> I was born in '82. I was nine or nine or ten years old when it came out. It just didn't interest me. Oh, it was. It looked, um, no, that's a TV show. We were little kids when it came out. It looked oh, stupid it to me when I was a kid. Well, he was the executive producer for that in 1992. I was ten. Yeah, but so, you yeah, mind it you. was. And if this gives anyone any doubts about my opinions. I want you to understand one thing. I'm a person who does not like mm-hmm. getting wrapped presents. Okay. I never liked getting it since I was a little kid. I don't like cake, ice cream, or, or wrapped presents. Exactly. Uh, that would be awesome. And I'm still waiting for that, like, you know, five years later. So I don't Six, hear shit. But who's counting? Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hold on. I can't I have say to, it. Because I, I find a way to it. censor that. <laughs> you know? Oh, I was saying like number the, the number one. I, I, I meant to say number one. One. I just did this instead of this. But um, the dyslexia kicks in sometimes. I get it. Yeah, it really does. Like quite a bit. Oh, that's. I'm sorry. That was two. That was supposed to be two. Mm-hmm. Uh, two mm-hmm. things I want to talk about. Two things that I want okay. to talk about. Um, right here. Uh, Private Parts is a good one. You know, really good movie. Really yeah. good movie. Yeah. Um, and, Stern, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And Commandments. Yeah. Commandments is a really good movie too. See, Commandments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've never seen Commandments, it's about a guy whose life isn't going according to his plan, so he ends up completely uh, hating God. He wants to go out and break every commandment possible. It's a great movie, right? Right. 
but then he also directed a car. Uh, I'm sorry, was an executive producer for a cartoon series. I was kind of a fan of uh, mm-hmm. when I was like 14. Um, Mummies Alive. It was a yeah, badass cartoon when I was a kid. So I was all about I was all about getting me some gargoyles. Uh, Batman the animated series and Mummies Alive. Gargoyles. You know what? That is a series that I would love to see remade live action. Oh, me too. Just because it doesn't get enough love from anybody. That was actually a very and that was a very dramatic series too. Mm-hmm. That was more dramatic than it was anything else. That was I would say that was Disney's answer to the Dark Knight. I'm sorry, to uh, Batman the animated series. There were two very serious cartoons. Well, I mean, they came on the same network and aired like back to back. So, no, Batman was Batman was Fox. Gargoyles, so was Gargoyles. That was Disney, which aired on Fox, right? I don't think so. Pretty sure. Let's research to the internet machines. You believe everything you see on Google? <laughs> Are you one of those do your own research kind of people? Let's see. Well, you know I'm doing research and keep talking. Keep talking. And look at you. Um, I guess it was ABC. Oh, which was a Disney company. Maybe in like the real world. But in this fantasy world that I've created, no. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What what uh, network did uh, DuckTales and uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers come out on? Probably ABC then. I'm going to look that up real quick. All right. Um... <laughs> you don't spell DuckTales with an F. <laughs> <laughs> You say it with an F, you start singing the same theme song. <laughs> I tell you what, it will give you drastically different search results. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and show that real quick. <laughs> Let's um, see. With one word, too. It's not even two words. Let's see. No, see. Oh, it's it's a song by Donald Drug and Drinky Mouse. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, premiered September eighteenth, nineteen eighty-seven, with spinoffs Darkwing Duck. Yes, let's get dangerous. You know, I, 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 I maybe I don't know because I want I want to think. Wasn't Darkwing on Fox? I don't think so, buddy. Because I thought. Power Rangers and Darkwing Duck like premiered on the same night. It was a special prime time thing. Down at Fraggle Rock. Huh? Amber says it's all about Fraggle Rock. It is. Dance cares way. Yeah. 
So not only are we going to be yanked off the air for all of the profane language, but now we're going to get a copyright strike from the guys that made that song. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome, though. And uh. downloaded. <laughs> they came out in 2014. Let's see, Drinky Mouse. Hmm. No, I can't find anything on this guy. Oh, here we go. I guess I don't have it within reach. Well, normally there would be a red fraggle sitting behind me, and I guess it's it's not it's not nearby at the moment. I think we're good. This, this guy only released this one album back in uh, 2014. We're we're good. We're fine. <laughs> the the, uh, the brutal downfall of the podcast. It wasn't by any imposters or competitors. It was done by what? What was his name? Drinky Mouse. Uh, Drinky Mouse and uh, Donald Drug. Now Donald Drug would be cool with it. It's Drinky Mouse. You got to watch out for that rap bastard. <laughs> All right, but. See, <clears throat> old school Euro trip. Now he, he see he's produced a lot of very 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 successful movies and um yeah the cross genres for, too. You know there is one though that I honestly I don't know what he was thinking. Stop or my mom will shoot. Will shoot. Stop or my mom will shoot with uh, Sylvester Stallone. What's her face? Estelle Getty. Yes. I mean, let me look that up so it doesn't look like I just knew that off the top of my head for some reason. Crap. No, you're right. It's Tel Getty. I know I'm right. Which really worries me that you even know who the mom was in that movie because I have not seen the movie in like, you know, years and years and years. <clears throat> I saw it once in theaters and that was it. But What was that one movie that Donna Michi was in. No, uh, no, it was a movie about something. Yeah, but um, I know. So I remember Estelle Getty. Like, I only ever really knew her as like Sophie, Sophie, right from the Golden Girls. I, I've never seen the Golden Girls. I'm not looking at the screen, so if you're staring in stunned silence, uh, it's not really doing anything for me right now. I don't care if you're looking or not. I'm still going to stare at you in stunned silence. Yeah, isn't it weird? I could just feel it. I guess I wasn't thinking. Oh, folks, that's it. With Tom Selleck.
for those of you at home listening to the audio version, Brandon has spent the last 30 seconds just silently staring with his arms crossed into the camera. Slowly shaking his head, his disappointment oozing through the lens. I can smell his complete and utter belief in my failure. God. All right. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> I'm glad we could take such a, uh, a sad occasion and, you know, still find a way to honor and celebrate and go nuts. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of what we do. It's what he so. did for, for decades. Oh, man. But no, it's just definitely, it's going to be a center place without him. Um, you know, there's there are a few projects that I know he'd been working on in the pipeline. I think one of them actually wrapped production. So I'm sure that there will be some mentions of him, like in Memoriam in future projects. But it's still, honestly, like more so than anything else, my heart bleeds for Jason because his father was like just flat out his hero. I mean, those two were very, very close. So close to the point where like even in, um, I think, what was it, uh, in the Ghostbusters Afterlife when they were making the uh, ectoplasm. Uh, he went to his dad with like a whole list of jars, like a whole like thing of jars and brought like Ivan Reitman over to the table where these jars were sitting full of slime. And it's like, hey, dad, which one do you like better? It's like going through the consistency and Ivan Reitman, Ivan doesn't even look at anything. Just glances around really quick. It's like, that's slime. And that's what they went with. And the, the um, bottle that he chose after testing the other ones, looked the best on camera. I don't think we even mentioned his on-camera role in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't think we did. Mm -mm. It was just like a civilian kind of deal, right? He was Egon. Was that Ivan Reitman? I thought that was, uh, what's his face from uh, The Shawshank Redemption? It, uh, it says here it was a motion capture role. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Okay. Did the mocap and oh. then they. Oh, the live action the version of Egon was. Um, <clears throat> the live action version of Egon was. Um, What's his face from the thing? Uh, yeah. Not the uh, thing. Bob, That's a different uh, Bob Gunton. I need a new chair. Go to the Patreon. Help me get a new chair. <laughs> yeah, Bob Gunton was a stand-in for uh, Egon, and like the in the opening scene, though, uh, the, um, the attempted escape and capture of the uh, of the ghosts. So,
Love you too, Amber. Have fun on vacation. Oh, Amber, have a good night. But uh, speaking of got to run, it's actually getting to be about that time there, buddy. Yeah, so let's just say that it is um, it is sad to lose such an a inspiring uh, producer, director. Writer. Writer. Yeah. He was a wad before wad was a wad. He really was. And I think as as time goes on, we're going to see, of course, a lot more of our inspirations for, for from the work that we absolutely grew up loving wind up getting more episodes like this. And yeah, it, it's not going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be fun, but it's not going to be fun. You know what I mean? It's going to be a good conversation. Yeah. That that's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's it's th- there there are a few people that are I hate to put it in terms like they're close to death, you know, things like that, but there there are a lot of our heroes that are get really getting up there in, oh, yeah. in, in years and it's going to it's going to hurt a lot. Well, if you look, if you, at the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife, when the OG Ghostbusters showed up, if you just look at them compared to how they were in Ghostbusters 2 together, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, Bill Murray is, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a living legend of an actor and a comedian, but Bill Murray is, he's up there, up there. He's like, I think pushing, I say pushing like 80 years old or something like that right now, or like, like mid 70s, somewhere around there. So, I mean... This up real quick because now I'm curious. Bill Murray is 71. Oh, he's 71 years old. But yeah, Bill Murray is 71 years old. Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson. These guys are all older. These guys are all really up there. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, like, obviously, I mean, uh, Ivan Reitman was 74, 75 years old when he passed away mm-hmm. uh, this past week. So there's there's no telling. But. You know, it's one of those deals where, God, Bill Murray's only, uh, <laughs> he's 32 years older than me. Man. Um, but yeah, it's like there's really no telling where everything's going to be. So, honestly, everyone, like, I mean, these, these people are some amazing actors, directors, writers, producers. Um you got to like really appreciate them all they're around. I mean, and because if you're just going to like get into them, like after they pass away, you're missing out on all the great stuff that they have when it's coming out, when it's brand new. So one thing that did crack me up is like, Ivor Reitman was a big driving force behind Ghostbusters Afterlife. He was one of the driving forces right next to his son and getting that thing made. A lot of people bitched about Afterlife. A lot of the diehard Ghostbusters fans like, oh, well, it was like just uh, Stranger Things, you know, whatever. Now he's gone like, oh, he did such a great job with Afterlife. Well, he didn't like it when he was alive. What do you like it now that he's dead? Like, you know, he's someone like, I am actually very much bummed that he passed away because he's someone that I've always looked forward to at some point meeting. So hopefully I realize that with, um, you know, I've already gotten a chance to briefly meet Bill Murray. So hopefully that'll come true with uh, come to pass with 
people such as uh, Sigourney Weaver, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and, um, you know, everyone else involved. So, but unfortunately, missed my shot with uh, Harold Ramis and again with uh, Ivan Reitman. So. Maybe we should start making it public, the some of the guests that we want to get on the show, and we can, you know, put a little pressure on them social media-wise to come on the Wadcast. Well, Bill Murray would never do it. Bill Murray, you would have to get a hold of him. Even at 71 years old, you have to call a 1-800 number and leave a voicemail. And if he really likes it, he might come on board, but there's... They even said before, like with Bill Murray, they never knew in a lot of productions if he was going to even do it. I think uh, Ghostbusters, they didn't know if he was going to be on it until the day he showed up on set. I think um, <laughs> with with Bill Murray, he seems like the the kind of like well, like you said, he, he'll he'll do what he wants, right? Always so does. I, I I get the feeling that we're gonna you know get on here to do the show one night, and while we're talking, just a third window pops up out of nowhere, and it's Bill Murray. <laughs> hey guys, heard you want to be on the show. Oh yeah, Bill Murray's been known to crash weddings. How he's been no, known to he's been known to hijack uh, bartenders. Like I think well, there was an instance in Florida where he climbed behind a bar and he started serving people like shots of tequila. Because he's Bill Murray. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say? Hey, you can't do this. Like, How did you crash our stream yard? I'm Bill Murray. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But, Makes sense. But either way, we are going to have to end this. <clears throat> you should end it but, with uh, telling people where they can find you on social well, media. Um, you can find me on, uh, Instagram right now. It's brand Jacksman one nine eight two now. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Brand Jacksman one eight one nine eight two. Uh, more importantly, you can find the Wadcast um, on uh, Instagram. Um, just Instagram.com backslash the Wadcast. Uh, same with Facebook, Facebook.com uh, backslash the Wadcast. Uh, same profile pictures, a black picture with a white banner that says Wadcast in it. Uh, and we are dipping into the world of TikTok. Um, you can find us on TikTok. Just type in the Wadcast. You'll see the black background, but with our more updated uh, banner, the red stripes and the white wording that says Wadcast on it. Um, but, um, yeah, Josh, what about you? Well, as always, you can go to sammycorrestudios.com and find all of the links to social medias and other things as well, like our Patreon. You can... Join for as little as one dollar. Yeah, that's pretty much I got for that. But if you like the show, if you like you know the brand of what we're doing here, there's also a link to merchandising that will lead you to cool shirts like this. Let's see if we can get that on camera for those of you listening to the audio version. This is why you pay attention to the video feeds on Facebook and YouTube. So you can see that I'm wearing a pretty sweet Wadcast shirt. You can too. So semicorestudios.com is where to find that. Oh, and it appears Brandon's phone died. That's why he had to bounce out of here so quickly. He didn't bounce. He was ejected.
So anyway, don't forget to go to thebroadcast.com for other things as well. Now, I guess with all that being done, there's only one thing left to do. And we are going to click that, click that. Let's see. Let's try. There we go. Yeah. It's time for the final thoughts. It's pretty much the same as it is every week. By remembering, most importantly, the only thing standing between you and your dreams is you. If there's something you want to write, write it. If you want to direct, start directing. If you want to do a podcast, hey, all it takes is a microphone and something. Record it on your phone, record it on your computer, record it on a laptop. I guess that's that's a computer, so just... there, There is nothing stopping you from creating the things you want to create. You don't have to ask permission. You don't have to get clearance to start making your art, no matter what it may be. And if you start today, then you don't have to worry about starting tomorrow because sometimes tomorrow never comes. So take advantage of this thing called life and enjoy it by doing the things that you want to do, creating the things you want to create. Because today's today, and tomorrow's just a fantasy until it gets here. So until next week, I'm Josh. Brandon was here earlier, but his phone died. This has been The Wildcast, episode number 78. And uh, tune in next week for episode number 79. Right here. Facebook.com slash The Wadcast, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. So until then, good night.